with single characters you shift them along you have to do put something them in different so, situations so it's a concern for comedy but it's not a concern in drama because in drama no. it doesn't matter how emotionally complex your characters become yeah. because it doesn't counteract what you're trying to do with the characters whereas in comedy comedy fights up against long form design mm. inherently not because, it doesn't mean you can't make it funny um, it doesn't mean you can't make it work. It's just it's there's an inherent clash mm. that just needs to be monitored and dealt with. Hello and welcome to the Story Toolkit. I'm Basim El Wakil, co-author of Action: The Art of Excitement with Robert McKee, and joining me is Luke Lionel, writer and part of the McKee Storylog team. So today we're going to talk about The Good Place. Yes, we are. And apologies, first of all, for this slightly echoier yes. um, recording. We but are we are coming Aslan from... Aslan? Yeah, Aslan. That's what Will said it was. He said Aslan? It was, yeah, he didn't say... I said be recorded and live. And he said it was Aslan. I don't get that. He, no, as live. Oh. Aslan. I'm pretty, sure, again. I'm pretty sure he meant the messianic mythological man <laughs> from Narnia. That's exactly what he meant. Yeah, he meant Aslan. Um, so we're still we're, we're still, still Aslan about, we're, at the McKee seminar. We are, we are um, in a slightly larger room than last time. Um, but yeah, uh, McKee seminarnia. Oh jeez, and scene. Should we end the episode there? I can't. <laughs> I, I can't, can't top it. I can't top it. <laughs> um, as always, if you want to get in touch, at the Story Toolkit on Twitter and the storytoolkit.wordpress.com is the website with everything on, and you can email us direct through there. Okay. Let's get into the good place. Yeah. Okay. Synopsis. So before I do, oh. don't, don't, don't listen to this podcast if you haven't seen the show. Oh, yeah. oh, gotcha. I'm just saying um, because again, like Attack on Titan or whatever, this is a rare gem. Uh, like Santa Clarita Diet, it's. Even better if you don't know what the premise of this show is. It's yeah. a, it's a comedy. It's a sitcom. <clears throat> it stars Kristen Bell and Ted Danson. Do I really need to sell this on you? <laughs> um, seriously, it's it starts. Did you at, did you know anything about the show? I knew nothing other than who was in it, and my mum liked it because of who was in it. And I'm like, well, I do like Ted Danson and Kristen Bell. I'm quite happy to watch it for that reason. Yeah. Um, and then. Um, you, you know, then then Jason, our mutual friend Jason, told me it was good and I should watch. I'm like, okay. And then you, I'd watched it because Jason exactly. Said, you and then you said you should this. watch this. Yeah. And it's like, okay. So I started watching it, and no joke, uh, I was getting bored. I didn't want to keep watching it, but I was like, everyone has said this is good. I'm just, I'm just. It's not. It's only 20 minute episodes. There aren't that many episodes. I'm, I'm going to get through it. And. Um, the end of season one, beginning <laughs> of season two is amazing. So, it, and I don't regret watching it. So Much like I don't I, regret watching Hannibal. I had a, um, I've, I've regretted started watching that. You haven't finished it, have you? No, I'm halfway through episode two. I, to, I told you. Yeah, Hannibal is another like, one. Like treacle. Yeah, Hannibal is <laughs> another one. The first season is really hard to get through, but it, it ends really well. I don't agree with you on The Good Place, by the way. I yeah. thought the first episode was one of the best. Oh, I like the first episode. One of the best kind of pilots I've seen. It just sets the show up. I really like the first so episode. Nicely. The second episode, less so. Third episode, I'm like, oh, I'm getting sick of this. Then they do a thing with um, 
with, yeah, yeah, with, which we'll yeah, get to. We'll get to, which was fun. I'm like, okay, and that gave me a little bit of adrenaline. But then after that, it kind of dived off, and I'm like, I'm just getting bored with this show. I'm getting bored. We'll cut. Okay, we'll come. But we'll, as I say, it paid off. And the reason I don't, the reason that we're saying this now is for those of you who haven't seen The Good Place and don't know what it's about, it is worth watching. Cold. Yeah. Just seriously, I, I I saw it cold, and when you realize the opening scene, what this show is about, mm-hmm. it's it's just great because you go, oh, I haven't, I didn't know. Ooh, that's a great idea. Let's let's get into this. So that's the big spoiler warning. Last chance. Okay, we're going to get into what the good place is about <laughs> now. The good place is a show where Kristen Bell wakes up. Uh, she's in an office. Ted Danson says, "Come in, Ellen." Her her name's Eleanor. I sits her down. She's like, so Eleanor you're dead <laughs> you're in the afterlife and uh, you know it's like okay so wait who's right and it's like everyone was a little bit right but and then there's a joke about that but this, uh, he, she goes like so wait is there like a heaven and a hell it's like well there is a bad place and there is a good place you're in the good place Eleanor like that and she just goes ah oh, phew like that and it's and that's it. That's the show. She's in the good place. So he takes her around the good place, and it's kind of like this nice little community area, like you know, like a residential area with frozen yogurt stands and all this stuff. And Ted Danson is adorable in his bow tie and his suit. He's so cute, and he's lovely. And he introduces her to other people, and he introduces her to a soulmate because yes, soulmates are real. And so she gets put with her soulmate Chidi, and Chidi is an ethics professor and from Senegal, and she points out. That uh, all this stuff that she's done, like they're playing her memories, they've made a perfect house, which is sort of Icelandic minimalism with clown pe- paintings and all this kind of stuff. And she's a human rights lawyer, and she did all this great uh, charity work. And she tells Judy, "So you're my soulmate. You won't betray me." So yeah, yeah, okay. I'm not Eleanor Shellstrop. I mean, that's my name, but I'm not this Eleanor. This is a completely different person. There's been a mix-up. I'm not supposed to be here, right? And he's like, ah. Uh, Right, uh, like that. So she starts to basically defraud heaven by 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 trying to keep her place in the good place. And she's like, maybe the bad place isn't that bad. So she asks, she finds out a little bit about the bad place, and all she's allowed to hear is some audio from there, and it's just people screaming. And she goes, well, okay. So Chidi's like, okay, well, I have to look after her, make sure. And so they're trying to make her a better person so she can belong in the good place, basically. While this is happening. The other two main characters in the show, um, Tiana and um, what's his name? Uh, well, Tiani, Tiani and what is Jason? Bruce? No, not Jason. Not Jason. Uh, Yu, isn't that it? Chanyu, something like that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so the other two, one of them is this very posh British, tall Indian woman, and the other, and her soulmate is a blind, not blind, sorry, a mute. Uh, Buddhist monk Selective. He's, yeah he's taken a vow of silence he can't talk and so she of course is like having a really tough time because she can't talk to her soulmate yeah? it's just it's driving her crazy um, and Eleanor gets a note that says you don't belong here so someone knows and so she's trying to work out who it is and she discovers that the Buddhist monk knows that she doesn't belong here and neither does he because his real name is Jason Mendoza and he's a drug dealer <laughs> and so he's also there by mistake and so the four of them are sort of like 
basically trying to defraud heaven and stay in the good place and so on. And it gets worse and worse and eventually Eleanor confesses. And so then the judge comes in and then it's like, okay, well, the bad place brings the real Eleanor to them because, of course, Eleanor switched places with the real Eleanor. So now there's the real Eleanor who's Chidi's actual soulmate plus the bad place one, the fake Eleanor back. And um, and so they, and then they end up in this situation where... Um, it's decided that they've all done bad things since they've come to the good place. So therefore, two of them, two of them have to go to the bad place, and they don't care which two, right? And so they start arguing, complain, argue, 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 complain like that. And um, and then Ellen goes, "Wait a minute, you know what? I just realised something. The way we're just arguing over who should be going to the good, bad place and who should stay in the good place." Man, this is torture. And then I realized we're never going to the bad place because we can't. We're already there. This is the bad place. And they all turn and look at Ted Danson. Ted Danson, just with his eyebrows, shifts from the angel that's been running heaven to the devil, right? And he turns, he gives this amazing laugh, and he goes, "I can't believe you figured it out." And it's like, oh. it's like, yeah, okay, this is this is the bad place. This is my plan to torture or get the four of you to torture yourselves for eternity. Everyone here is a devil, apart from like you. You four are the only actual people here. You're all in the bad place and it's like wait hold on hold on uh, Eleanor makes sense where she's in the bad place because she was horrible Jason Mendoza's horrible but why is why are Chidi and Tiana it's like and Tiana goes oh of course everything I did all the charity work all that stuff it was just to stick it to people I didn't do it because of any good real reasons like yep so they don't count right and then Chidi goes oh I remember now I started, I was drinking almond milk even though I was knew, knew it was bad for the environment. And Ted's like, no, you idiot. Your indecisiveness made everyone miserable. You ruined the lives of everyone around you. He goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> right. and, so, um, and so Ted Danson decides, well, look, I'm going to start again. It was an experiment. I'm going to try again. I'm going to wipe all your memories and start again. And so Ellen does some quick thinking. And in the sort of Siri that they have, Janet, she writes a note and gives it to the to Janet to hold on to because Janet isn't actually a devil. She's just part of the mainframe of the community. Mm. She so it's like a computer program basically. Gives it to her. He wipes the memories. They wake up. They do the whole. So the first episode of season two is them doing the entire pilot all over again. But this time, you know they're really in the bad place. You know that uh, Michael's the devil. You know all the other people in the good place are devils who are there to help torture the four characters. They then find the note, which in turn makes them realize that they're in the bad place really quickly within one day. And Ted Danson's like, oh, very smart, Eleanor. Won't help you this time. Does it again for for the third time round. And it gets, it does pretty well. But then she figures it out again. So he tries again and again. And all the time, he's only, he was only allowed one more chance. So that's my favorite episode, by the way. His boss thinks he's on attempt two, but he's like on attempt 567. (laughs) He's just been constantly trying again and again. And there's this, it has this great montage of him in sweatpants going, I'm stress eating like that. And it's, ah, this is, this just isn't working. And then you see that he's, he's, 
recording into a microphone at his desk and Eleanor's thing goes, I'm sorry, who are you? And he goes, oh, this one doesn't even count and starts again. And then there's one bit where he goes, okay, Eleanor seems to work out. She's in the bad place. Why? And then he turns and sees Eleanor in the door. You go, did you say we're in the bad place? Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> Does it again. And then there's one time where they're doing um, the whole thing and then Jason Mendoza, the stupid, dr- uh, stupid drug dealer, goes, wait a minute. We're in the bad place. And he goes, Jason figured it out? Ah, oh, this one hurts. This really hurts. <laughs> and so as, the, as Ted Dadson is trying to make this work behind his boss's back, who thinks he's still on attempt two, even though he's an attempt 400 or whatever, um, the other devils are getting annoyed that their parts keep changing. Some of the devils are annoyed that they can't just bite the humans or twist the humans or use the penis flattener. And Vicky, who used to, who played the real Eleanor Shellstrop in the first go-round, is annoyed that she's basically now an extra. She went from being Chidi's soulmate to an extra. And so there's now a coup that happens uh, on the set of The Good Place, as it were, where they kind of oust Ted Danson and so Ted Danson then decides, okay, uh, he, he, he tells the four humans that actually they're in the bad place and decides for, the four, for all five of them to work together to get into the real good place. And that's where we're up to with the show. Uh, season two hasn't finished yet. No, they're on about episode seven or something. Oh, isn't it? Oh, maybe, yeah, something like seven mm, or eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, about, it's about halfway through. Yeah, something like that. Okay, so. so but that's great. That's yeah. a lot of fun. So let's talk about long form then. Yeah, so it's a long form comedy, right? It's um, it's it's a storyline that uh, they they have small little things that sort of get resolved each week, but fundamentally it's an ongoing plot mm. that is being told over a series of installments, and so it's going to have lots of acts, lots of storylines, very big show, um, and um, and so it's this unfolding narrative that just keeps. Playing. So there's just one big storyline taking over for the show. Which isn't typical of comedy. No. Uh, comedy usually is the sitcom form. Yeah. Um, drama normally is the long form. But um, th- this is a long form comedy. Um, and other examples of long form comedy? Because there aren't many. No. Santa Clarita Diet. Yes, is, is one which we talked about in another episode. Yeah, South Park. Which when you see the season, we'll do an episode on that one. Uh, South Park had yeah. a se- uh, had a long form season, had two in fact. Uh, one was kind of long form, the other one was long form. Yeah. Um, and uh, Arrested Development is obviously the we did a whole podcast on that. Arrested Development is the the, the prime example of long form comedy. It's yeah. the standard. Um, it's crazy good. So um, in that it is, it sets up jokes the way. Like Attack on Titan sets up plot points. Um, this is Joke great world building. Yeah, this is great. Um, so th- this this has a nice uh, building process to it, um, and um, it's it's rare to see because the 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 problem the reason that comedy is hard to do long form is that with comedy you keep a certain distance from characters uh, emotionally. Mm. And characters don't have many dimensions in comedy. Uh, you don't have, you, you know, they they really don't have many dimensions at all in comedy at all, compared to drama. Um, and long form, you need more dimensions because there's just more scenes yeah. that need to be filled. And so after a while, so if you watch something like Parks and Recreation, which has a little bit of long form to it, or Friends, 
mm. uh, or even Frasier, where they would have subplots that sort of built over the course of seasons, like you know, essentially will they, won't they subplots that built over the course of seasons. Um, when, you, when you look at the building of shows like that, though, I mm. mean, we're, we, we've always talked about doing a Parks and Rec episode. Um, oh, yeah, we have. We never you, did it, did we? We never did it, no. Yeah. But the, the, the whole point of doing a Parks and Rec episode would be that, as an example of what you're talking about, yeah. the episode loses, uh, sorry, the, episode, the, the show loses steam. It, it runs does. out of jokes, essentially. It, it does, because what happens is um, if you dimensionalize the characters too much, they stop being funny. Yeah. And if they stop being funny, it's not a comedy, and therefore why are people tuning in every week? And in fact, if you look at things like Friends or Frasier, or even Parks and Rec, mm. t- towards the end of the show, there's no jokes. It's just soap opera. Mm. And, and you think back and go, that's not the reason I like this show. Like Frasier, you know, I remember watching Frasier uh, when I was, what, I guess 17 or something like that. Uh, and I remember there's an episode where uh, Niles has to go in for heart surgery and there's no jokes and I sat there going I haven't come to Frasier for a one act play set in a hospital waiting room I came to Frasier because I want to see an episode like the one where they run a restaurant into the ground and it's hilarious (laughs) Uh, you know or the one where they do uh, a live um, murder mystery play on the radio and Frasier hasn't told Niles who he's playing. <laughs> it's just it's just an amazing, amazing episode. Like that's why I went to watch Frasier, not for this. Friends, similarly, it's like I went to see Friends because of um, the funny things, and not yeah. to see Ross and Rachel cry about their relationship, etc. Et and Parks and Rec was very, very sentimental. Yeah. So if you have, well, I'm, it's, I'm thinking more about halfway through. So if you have blind obsessions, there's a point where they become like blind obsessions are exhaustible. Well, it's not. Right. It's not. It's not. It's not just even that the blind obsessions are exhaustible. It's. It's that the characters. <clears throat> if you don't, if you keep the characters simple, dimensionally simple, okay, then after a while they become repetitive, right? That's why that's, you need. I guess more, that's what right? I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. You, that's why you need dimensions because you, if you, the more dimensions you have. Um, the more the shade they can play, the mm. bigger the range the character has. But the problem is, if you do that, then the character becomes empathetic. And if the character becomes too empathetic, he can't be f- the, he or she can't be funny anymore. Mm. So if you have a character in a comedy that isn't, so that's the that's why long form comedy is hard to do, because either the characters become really repetitive and go over the top in their quirkiness, yeah, which other shows have done. Ross, or, in, Ross in Friends right and also in Friends they get too serious and they stop mm. being funny which was also I guess the customer so the, th- so the thing that some shows do is they change the so situation the, in, in the situation there's, there's things right? there's ways you can do it like Arrested Development may be the king but Arrested Development is three seasons yeah okay the fourth season isn't that funny because it's too complicated um, not because it's got nothing to do with dimensions it's just too complicated yeah. to be funny you, you're too busy working it out to laugh mm. um, but the first three seasons of Rested Development is a show about nine characters Modern Family is a show about what how long there's five six seven eight nine ten eleven there's a good dozen main yeah. characters right in a Modern Family uh, so they have countless combinations they can do a story of just Manny and Luke then a story uh, the same then a story of Gloria and um, uh, Claire, 
right? Mm. They can just constantly shift the cast around. And then if each character in the cast, say, has two or three uh, blind obsessions or dimensions or whatever, then you can... We talked about this in the in a Philly episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about this as well, where if you have all these sort of combinations, you can create variety by constantly smashing different combinations of things together to create it. Um, the Simpsons and South Park, similarly... Um, They've they've managed to survive by having very large casts. They have a whole town, basically. Mm. You have the whole of Springfield. You have the whole of South Park, and so on. So, and in fact, with the Simpsons, am I right in thinking that's gotten wider and wider as the years Simpsons has is, Simpsons has stopped, got cancelled around season six or seven. Uh, I mean, I know technically <laughs> it's on the air, but we don't talk about that. But the 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 point I'm making, but and also by the way, Simpsons wasn't long form. No, true. Okay, true. so with long form storytelling. It's not that you can just do episodic variations on the same thing. That's how traditionally comedies and uh, shows that have multiple episodes with a small cast or with cast with a small number of dimensions like Columbo or whoever have survived is by... They they have a story that has a beginning, middle, and end told in a short form story, and then they repeat a variation of it over and over and Mm -hmm. over again. And so long as they can keep varying something have a different villain, different criminal, different mm. scenario, Those that they, it can still be fun, right? But in long form, you're progressing and developing a single storyline with many branching off subplots, right? But you're, you're basically progressing a single storyline with a single cast of characters that may or may not change across not, not just a beginning, middle, and end of like a two-act structure or even a three-act structure uh, of like an hour-long story or whatever. You're talking dozens of acts right over the course of hours and a character that has say four dimensions will just be exhausted within a few episodes completely exhausted okay and so the good place does a little bit of episodic stuff to keep them going which is fine but there is a long form thing going and what what do they do well Eleanor is on a redemption story Hmm. right she's arcing her moral conscience um and the problem with that is if you do that, you risk making the characters either really empathetic, in which case you won't make it funny, or you um, you risk being boring and just, as you said, exhausting your characters. Mm. So that's why traditionally comedy and long form aren't... That's why. The point by... Yeah. It's not that you can't do it because Santa Clarita Diet has done very well for its first season. Yeah. Rest of Development did great for three seasons. South Park did a good job. Um, and as I said, Parks and Rec, Frasier and Friends, even though they were more episodic, had long-form elements that weren't... The point eventually... Yeah, right? the point eventually I was going to make, um, before I forget, was that Parks and Rec brought in... To freshen it... And yes. In, they, they brought in Eagleton, didn't they? Yeah, we can talk about that in another podcast. We can do the Eagleton. Oh, sure, sure. But, uh, but, but with friends, like an example, say, like Chandler. Yeah. They have they express him, uh, they, they express, uh, sorry, explore all the comedy of him, you know, um, as a uh, yeah. young single male yeah. trying to find his way, practically exhaust him. What do they do? They put him together with another character yeah. in the show. And exactly. then you can, then you can And then he leaves his job after that. Yeah, and so that's it's, it's, with single characters, you shift them along. You have to do put something them in different so, situations. So it's a concern for comedy, but it's not a concern in drama because in drama, no. it doesn't matter how emotionally complex your characters become yeah. because it doesn't counteract what you're trying to do with the characters. Whereas in comedy, comedy fights up against long form mm. design inherently. 
not because, it doesn't mean you can't make it funny. Um, it doesn't mean you can't make it work. It's just it's there's an inherent clash mm. that just needs to be monitored and dealt with. Yeah, but it's not it's not it's not something that cannot be resolved. Yeah. You, you, it's as, as evidence, like it, you can do it. Can. It's just you have to actually. So, okay, good place then. Season one. <clears throat> oh yeah, yeah. If you look at season one on its own, the yeah. the sweet spot for me yeah. was around the middle, and there was the episode where um, things are really starting to unravel. This mm. is where they're still trying to keep it. Ellen is still trying to keep it. Yeah, the, the whole secret. Yeah. Um, and am I right thinking Janet finds out about them or something? Uh, oh no. It's not that the the for some reason she is they are <laughs> left with this dilemma of like um, uh, don't kill Janet and risk the secret coming out or they kill Janet and so basically they come to this point where uh, and I realised yeah. th- this is where I really f- I thought wow this show is just coming off the rails this is right. amazing it's like how when you bad- mean, when you say coming off the rails I mean in a good way like yeah they, 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 you don't know where it's going yeah it's I like thought, oh, oh this is a, it's a fun ride to come yeah, yeah I thought this is a show now about <laughs> how bad characters are willing to be in order to stay in heaven right exactly and I thought that is genius yeah um, and unfortunately by the end of that episode she comes clean right she does right? yes she does which is when for me it started because, to be um, slightly yeah because uh, yeah yeah, she does complain. That's part of the fun uh, uh, as well with long form comedy. Is you, it's like how far can you go? Because it's going to get more and more absurd. Yeah, and you don't want people to put on the brakes. Right. Um, and so yeah, seeing like oh, that it's getting worse. It has to keep mm. building, right? So th- th- see, that's another thing with comedy. Like you need people to laugh, but at the same time you need to keep building it. John Cleese said this quite famously about Faulty Towers. Why he he couldn't make a Faulty Towers movie. Right. Because in Faulty Towers, in a 30-minute episode, you just build the tension all the way up, 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 get the big belly laugh and stop, finish. Yeah. But you can't do that for 90 minutes. No. You have to have dips, right? So you have to build up and like people won't be happy with it, he thought, because that's not what the show is like. Yeah. So there'll be a fundamental different thing. So, But the same thing is like, he can do that 45 minutes, build, 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 because it stops and then he starts again next week, right? you'd have to do the same thing in long form you'd have to dip back and pull back like that and so you need to find peaks like you have to realize that like the funniest thing now you can't do because you've got to get a funnier laugh five episodes from now right right like the 12th episode of your series has to be funnier than the first yeah right and that's it's weird because that's not how comedy generally works comedy is you just build to the big belly laugh at the end and you're done um, but when you need to drag it out, it's like, well, hold on, that means you want a comedy where people aren't really kind of laughing at the beginning? Because mm. if they laugh too much at the first episode, you can't keep that up. For, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. For yeah. a long form. Mm. So it's weird. But, um, so the, yeah. The, the that, kind of main change we wanted to talk about was between season one and two, right? Yes. Yeah. So I. I was, I was kind of enjoying The Good Place. I liked the idea, but m- my problem with it was. Uh, I I I got felt it was really cliche. Um, it had this really interesting idea, uh, really great premise that I n- I'd never considered, and I was like, this is a great premise. I was really hooked, 
mm. uh, like you were. But for me, I'm like, I have seen... They kept doing plots where I realized I've seen this exact plot on every sitcom I've ever seen. Mm. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, yeah, I can understand why someone like Friends or Frasier or Parks and Recreation might do an episode like that because they were doing like... Well, not Parks and Rec, but Friends and Frasier were doing... 20 episodes a season mm. and you know Parks and Rec you know it's in season 5 season 6 so after a while I get why you might go to the well of well what's the typical cliche storyline let's do that mm. one but with these characters it's but like, this, like for I'm like, example uh, you know if you watch a sitcom at some point you're going to watch a bottle episode right it's that sort of thing yeah exactly and I, so I'm watching it and I'm what's, like what's the episode you're talking about for the benefit of oh, these oh like, for example I noticed this with episode 3 where Michael is trying to find a hobby for Chidi, and I'm like, this is the get a present for one of the characters episode, yeah. where everyone's looking for the perfect gift for someone. It's for a birthday, it's for whatever. Every sitcom does this almost, and I'm mm. like, this is your third episode in a totally fantastic world with a unique premise, and you've gone to this well already, and what you're doing is just the basic standard jokes mm. for this environment. And I'm like, this is really upsetting that it's this cliche. Then they would do a thing with Jason Mendoza. I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. But then, they do, and the thing is, like, I loved the cast. I loved how it looked. I thought Ted Danson and Kristen Bell were, are just delightful. I think I said to you, like, one of them is my soulmate, but I'm not sure which one. <laughs> um, Kristen Bell is very hard to watch when you're single. Um, she, like, they're, just, they're wonderful, those two. They really, Ted Danson is adorable. You just want to hug him. I still do, even though he's the devil. He's adorable. He's so cute. Um, so I, I, so I was watching it, for, and I'm just loving those two. They're so much fun. Eleanor is so horrible. But at the same time, she she wouldn't have been out of place on Philly. Yeah, there's you know, some of the flashbacks you get of her. In the real the life flashbacks, are terrific. yeah, the flashbacks of her life for me were like, oh, this is a life. Like as cliche as it got, the flashbacks of Eleanor's life and the scenes with Michael would drag me in every time. Yeah, and I loved I loved those two. So I would like, okay, let's just keep going with it. And I liked Tiana. I liked the way that she would like. She was clearly in a lot of pain, but trying to pretend that she wasn't. And then when you find out Jason Mendoza's uh, the the monk is actually Jason Mendoza, I'm like, that's quite funny. So I was. It's not that I wasn't enjoying it. I was enjoying it, but I was just getting really frustrated with seeing cliches in the first few episodes of a show in its first season. And I'm like, you should you should have enough material here that you don't need to tread these waters. Can I offer a, th- a theory? I, was, I made a note earlier about something yeah. I wanted to talk about with the show, but actually I think it kind of ties in here. Um, I, re- I really enjoyed the, uh, in the same way we talked about Titan, like the world being revealed. Yes. So at the start you think, okay, she she's in heaven, sure, great. And you, you see this episode play out. Yeah. Um, but as episodes go by, they, they reveal certain things about the world that you didn't know mm. um, and certain characters and quirks. And, yeah. And you realize actually it's much deeper and the world yeah. itself is very, very well yeah. um, researched and planned out. Yes. And like, there's clearly more there that we don't know about you know right. for example the, the recent Janet stuff you know Janet can create a human this is something we didn't <laughs> know she could do but it's totally within the yeah. the realm of the rules they set out yeah. you know they haven't violated any of their own no. rules it's just this really deep well of cool stuff right. that you've never seen before exactly and I wonder if some of the problems of um, uh, of the show where you're enjoying one thing and then all of a sudden mm. it goes it veers off in a different direction is the, the 
maybe the show is too keen to reveal certain bits of the world so they don't see the thread through maybe um i guess so there's also part of it uh it reminded me a little bit of the 30 rock way of doing things as well which is if we mock ourselves like it it feels like the people writing it are writing this and all they really know is other television shows they've watched and they know that's not enough but they also know that the executives only know other television shows and so it's kind of self-mocking the fact that the the well is so shallow that's how it feels like 30 rock does it you know they te- they would often go this is a rubbish joke but we're going to make a joke out of the fact that it's a rubbish joke because we know it'll get on air and it'll work and it does its business and you know it's like we can't beat the cliche so we're throwing our hands up so do you know what i mean i never got that impression yeah, that's the kind of impression I get. Really? It, it, yeah, I, I, I just. I, I mean, don't know. it doesn't do it to the Family Guy extent. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not like Family Guy at all. It's, it's just that sense of um, no, because they're trying. Yeah. They just can't. It's like it feels to me. It's like the writers' room that Better Call Saul has. Okay. Mm. When they're sitting there and they go, "We need to break this." No, we've seen that. We've seen that. We've seen that. And they just dig deep until they find something that works, mm. and they put it up there. It feels to me with them and say, we've done that, we've done that. And then the room is bare. Everyone has no idea what comes next. They're exhausted. They need to get an episode done. And so they go, why don't we just do this thing? And then we'll make jokes out of the fact that we know how this goes. We'll make jokes out of the formula because we know how the formula goes. When do they do that in The Good Place? Uh, I, I, I get that feeling from things that Janet does. Really? Mm-hmm. Janet just says these weird, oddball, surreal things, and it just feels like that's a first draft improv in the room, uh, and they're not going to try and fix that improv. They're just going to go, "That's that was funny. It, a lot of the times it feels like the jokes they're making are jokes that are funny in the room when you hear them the first time, but the more you think about them, the less funny they become. Right, okay. That's what I mean. And it's not that's not meant to be derogatory in the sense that... Um, when you know you're they're working what 12 hours a day mm-hmm. they're in that room it's the same people they don't have time to do anything else yeah just have janet feck it just give them an obelisk that they're arguing about you know what i mean it's like just just do that right get it done i i kind of i'm i'm not being um i'm not trying to be derogatory like that it's it's just like it's it, there's a great show there there's a great premise there right yeah what you mean, the good place? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And there's and the, it, and it shines through. Yeah. Um, but it's like the the um, how you get from A to B. It's like oh, we don't know. We just need to get to B somehow. And it's like uh, pull back. Mm. We, you know. But it, it, so so for me that was that was kind of uh, the, the the problems that I was having with it. But as I say, I liked a lot of the things. And then then you get the big reveal. Yeah. That they always had in place. Mm. And you get that huge rush of insight, and it's like, oh, okay, I forgive you. I'm, I'm forgiving <laughs> you. Because here's the thing. You couldn't have Michael reveal as the devil any sooner. Because every episode sooner you reveal it, the less meaningful, the less impact that has. Mm. And you want that to have as much impact as possible. Right? So if the show isn't sustainable for two, three... I mean, like, someone could drag that out for two, three seasons if they wanted to. But you yeah. have to make uh, Eleanor defrauding heaven funny for two, three seasons. And I think, you look at it, and, like, they had maybe seven or eight episodes, and they dragged it out for, like, 12, I think. 
That's right? that's what I felt. Yeah. With it. Well, I'd, it felt I like, would, it felt I, like I, they wanted that to be the last episode. They had a twelve episode season, yeah. but they hadn't. They didn't have twelve. Episodes. I wanted to see her go further. Yeah, definitely. Because that's really like, because <laughs> that's really the joy when you when you know you're in the hands of. Yeah, of of the best, where they take it to a moment and then they take it past. Yeah, that, you go, and you're like, oh, I just did not see any of this coming, and it's so yeah, good. As you say, it's like goes off the rails, right? Yeah, like, that's what I meant by off the rails. What's gonna happen next? So when they're deba- <laughs> when they're debating murdering Janet, <laughs> and you've got the ethics professor <laughs> just not cool with it, yeah, but still it? contemplating right. it. Um, I, yeah, I just thought that was wonderful, and so, and that being episode seven or so yeah i thought wow if this is where we're at now like i I was just prepared to and the thing is like we see in the flashbacks and we see offhand remarks of eleanor doing things like that yeah there's a bit where they talk about eleanor tried to seduce michael like that's a that's a oh yeah and i'm like we never saw that that sounds like an amazing episode i want to see that episode that sounds hilarious right because i think michael might go along with it (laughs) Right, knowing full well what's going on, but he'll do it anyway because yeah. he's Michael, right? And it'll be funny. And so, uh, and you know that he'd hold over, like, like, like he, that happens in attempt one hundred and thirty-seven, but attempt one hundred, like four hundred and thirty-three. He's like, yeah, so a couple hundred times. Do you want to do the sex thing again? You know, like, you know what I mean? It'd be like, it's just that they they reference like, oh, it's it's like they have an idea, but no one in the room is willing to do it. Hmm. But anyway, so it's but regardless. Um, when when the, they, when that idea, someone had to come up with the idea. It's actually the bad place all along, yeah. right? And they they set it up brilliantly because I did I did not see it coming. Jason uh, asked me, oh, I was watching The Good Place, and I was like, Are you enjoying it? Like, uh, he goes, Have they got to the big revelation yet? And I'm like, No. And then I, I saw the J- where they revealed Jason Mendoza. And I'm like, Was that it? I don't think that's. I don't think that can be the big revelation. So I knew there was something coming. Right. I did not see it coming. It's I funny. absolutely, you know, you at said, no point, thought that was going to be the thing. I just, when she goes like, this is the bad place, I'm like, no, I, I didn't even believe it then. I didn't believe it until he laughed. And when he laughed, I'm like, wait, what? And I'm like, that's brilliant. And you know, the thing you, is, you sent me the same message I sent Jason, because I got to the end first, <laughs> obviously. It was like block capitals. They're in the bad place. Fork. <laughs> Holy fucking shirt balls and all that stuff. So I love all the fa- the, the, the yeah. They cut, can't they swear in heaven. So Holy mother forking shirt balls. It's just great. Um, but that, and the thing is, so the, but here's the, the thing. Here's the on. thing. Like because you know, I, I, there's a reason why I was kind of I'm being a bit harsh to the first season. That, like, I'm not enjoying it. Is because I'm trying to explain that. They that turn only works if it's had those episodes before it. Mm. So the fact that they weren't great for me, I don't mind because they 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 that the the payoff. Remember, what I was saying at the beginning, you have to have less funny laughs to get to the big laugh at the end. Yeah. The big payoff, they're in the bad place. That payoff has to work. That payoff is what makes the good place. Um, uh, a water cooler talk like people on, on the line are talking about the good place because of that payoff and part of it comes from no one expected this show to have a payoff like that mm. but it's a fecking great payoff it's, it's a forking great it's payoff. a forking great payoff it's just superb and they and to get that to work 
if it meant they had to have a few week episodes before it, they made the right choice. Like this is <laughs> this is this was this was they got that moment down perfectly. That moment is worth every episode that came before it. And um, By the it's way, superb. As, as, just before we get to the second half of, of this point, um, uh, as much as I wasn't keen on her coming clean yeah. uh, that early, I did love the Purgatory episodes. Oh, with Mindy Sinclair, Jimmy yeah. Cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> and just the, <laughs> the only movie she's got to watch is Cannibal Run 2. Yeah, and the making of Cannibal Run 2. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... Um, yeah, so the, the 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 second half of the point being, so you have this first season, which yeah. is obviously from the the point of view of these characters that yeah. are, uh, are desperately trying to defraud the good place. The big reveal comes, and all of a sudden, it's not about them anymore. No, it's about Michael. It's all about Michael. And it's Michael's this... the main character of the show, and he always has been. We just didn't realize. Right. Yeah, because you got. I started rewatching the first series. Really? Yes, and I'm watching it, and I'm seeing all the same scenes as I did before. But now, man is cheaty, full of himself. Really? Well, think about it. He's constantly teaching her ethics. He's huh. in the bad place. <laughs> He's not a good person. Yeah, all this subtext you didn't realize was there. It's just all this stuff there. And Michael is clearly setting them up, and he's so innocent. And yet you go, oh, you son of a... And it's just, it's just great to see... I, you know, the show happens a second time. It's funny. Yeah. And so the episode like where he's trying to find Chidi a perfect gift, you realize he's just torturing him. He's completely torturing him, right? And then at the end he goes, yeah, your book is terrible. You shouldn't, you shouldn't make, write your book. You should do something else with your eternity because your book is bad. And he's like, no, no, I want to I wanna do my book. Okay, well, if you're happy for eternity of me telling you how bad your book is. And he's like, yes. I'm like, great then. And I'm like... Of course he's happy about this. Like, this is what he's been wanting, right? So, so it's, uh, so, um, I, I just think, like, th- that, that shift, okay, now it's his point of view, it's all from Michael's point of view, and then you watch the first episode of season two, which is really t- a double-length episode, mm. and it's an amazing farce of yeah. Michael doing all the, the first episode again, but now it's all going wrong. Right, because we thought the first episode went wrong because Eleanor did all the horrible things, and then you had the flying shrimp. Mm-hmm. No, no, that was supposed to happen. Now you're watching Ted Danson trying to get Eleanor drunk so she'll do horrible things at the party, so that the next day they can do horrible things, and none of it's working. And then the farce completely falls apart at the end, and Ted Danson's like, "Yep, yeah, I messed up. It's all gone wrong. I have to start all over again." And then the next episode after that is the. Um, one where he's just constantly restarting it again and again and again and again. He goes through hundreds and hundreds of attempts trying to get it to work, and none of it works. Then he gives up, and he has. I'm like, this is just brilliant. So the show has this new energy because it's just, and it's a great, great. He because and it's, it's about going, him, and it's also, and it's going far. You know, it's like it goes to a certain point, and then like, how much further are you going to go? And it's like, well, you're like, how far into this whole? They they, they replay the big. Where this is the bad place. They replay that scene again and again in a hundred different ways, and every time it's like this is brilliant because Dead Dancing is bored by it. It's like, yeah, she worked it out again, whatever. Like that's like Jason figured it out. Like, they, they keep they keep replaying that. And I'm like, this is this is wonderful stuff. Like over they're they're exhausting the material that they've got. Mm. I just thought that I just thought it was superb stuff. I was like I was just absolutely thrilled with it for a few episodes. 
So how likely are you to... You're going to see this through, right? I'm going to see it through because the cliffhanger of the most recent episode I saw um, suggests a progression. But my problem with the show is that it regresses when Michael uh, teams up with the humans to uh, uh, have them all get together in the good place. Mm. Because for me, it's like, that's what season one was about. You can't go back. Yeah. And I think it's much more interesting if Michael is trying to prove that his way of torture is a better, more innovative way of torture. I think it's really funny watching um, the fake, uh, sorry, the, the, the real Eleanor, the, the devil Eleanor, constantly um, trying to undermine him so she can get a bigger part in the play, that the other devils are annoyed that they can't just, I would have liked, I would have liked to have seen more of the devils being fleshed out. Mm. Like so, it becomes so. Like rather than just it's Michael. It's like okay, Michael and the character Vicky. That's the Eleanor double. Okay, you're developing them. Develop everyone else around them. Let's. There's like they've said. There's 300 people in it. Start developing more. Have a bigger cast. Like expand the cast. The other four main guys. Just have them repeating in that loop. It's okay. We know them. Focus on these guys. Develop them more and more and more. Build. So it's basically, it's like watching a television show. Like they're putting on a reality show, right? Yeah. They're putting on a version of Big Brother. The whole point is they're putting on a torture show for devils. That's what's going on. And, and like, and uh, and what's his name? Um, uh, Ted Danson is basically trying to prove that he is an artist and he can make it work. Okay. Like, that's what the show is essentially about. Yeah. He's an artist, I can make this work, and he's got all these actors who are really messing him around, and everyone's got their own vision, and he can't do it. And then the NBC executives, you know, they don't, they just want, look, we just want basic torture, right? And like, all this stuff is like, no, I can prove I can make this work, it's worth something. Like, so he's doing that, and at the same time, I thought, there's this, we have the humans, they find out, and then they have all these stupid plans to try and pull one on Michael, which causes him to reset it. So, like, they try to seduce him, they try to convince him he's in the bad place. All these bad ideas that they mention, we see them play out. Like, these are great episodes that you could play out, and Michael's, oh, just as he's got managed to get, like, people backstage ready to go in, the humans figure out, and they do something, she's like, I have to start it again, like that. And then you get to this point where the, uh, the humans realize they're in the bad place, but the bad place is being made to look like the good place. So, if they can convince Michael that they don't know, right, <laughs> that they're being tortured, they get to stay in the good place, right? Because the other alternative is the really bad place. So now they're not interested in trying to get to the good place. They're trying to keep this place where they are. So you have the humans unknown to Michael. They know they're in the bad place, but they don't know, they haven't told Michael. Michael's trying to talk to them like, ah, oh, it's really bad, but he's not torturing them very well. And it's just like, Michael's like, well, hold on, maybe if I, get, if I can sabotage my own show. So you've got this whole thing where it's like, you've got these, you've got sort of three main areas of problems going on. The executives, as it were, the backstage crew, as it were, and then you've got, <laughs> You've got the, the humans. Everyone's constantly like, and no one's on the same page. And everyone, like, and then you have a reason why people are making it worse and worse. Like the idea, can you imagine? Like the, the devil's backstage. Like I'm just going to bite them. It's like that. Then we'll have to restart. I'm going to do it. I'm going to bite them, and they start biting them, and they pretend that they still think they're in heaven. <laughs> Right, because they're like, well, we can't let on, otherwise they'll put us in the really bad place. So, oh yeah, I like being bitten. Isn't that great? <laughs> it's like, and so Jason Miller has to still pretend that he's taking a vow of silence and all this stuff. Like, so you could just, it just seems to me like, um, but having him join the team 
and go, we're all going to work together to get into the good place together. To me, it was just like you've, you, all you've done is added one character to a conspiracy that was exhausted in your first series. Like you, you exhausted that material in season one. You added one character to it. It's like, it's almost as if um, the good place is the good place is the good place. And then in season two, they went, we're going to add a fifth character to the show. Mm. And that to me is like, that's not great. But it started great season two. And it might get better because um, the judge guy, Sean, has come back into it mm. on the cliffhanger. And like, okay, maybe, okay, maybe now it'll pick up. So I don't know. I'm hopeful because I really do love the cast and everything. I think it's fun. Mm. It's a very nice premise, very nice idea. So I'm just hoping that it's just going to... Uh, push on so the big question then yes what do we take away well I think what's interesting is the fact that you have this enormous point of view shift in the show uh, that you could only do what they did in long form you couldn't it wouldn't work in anything else because the, the great the great thing I love about that turning point and the first three episodes of season two is I had one show and now I've got a second show Mm. Like I've got two shows and the same show, so you've got this huge momentum and build up, and it, it's it's just like this wonderful progression. Comes um, back to the point I made about the world. The world is rich enough and well realized enough yeah. that they can do that. Yeah, and 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 it, you can't build that kind of momentum in a in like thirty forty minutes or mm. an hour, and then you can't because part of the fun of it is. You're thinking forward, right? Mm. As you're watching the show, like what next week's going to look like, what the week after. Remember when we saw Sneaky Pete and we thought oh, the God. first episode is like, oh, it's going to be about. Did we do an episode on Sneaky Pete? No, we should have. It's awesome. My, why did we not Sneaky Pete? I don't Pete know. So Sneaky Pete was right. The first episode, you think it's going to be a bounty hunter of the week type show. Yeah. And of course it's not, right? Um, but you think that. So when you watch a television show, you always think, well, there's another episode. So you imagine what the next episode's going to be like. So there's a forward momentum that you're. As the audience are pushing into I it. I know why we didn't do Sneaky Pete. I'm totally interrupting you. I don't care. Okay. Uh, <laughs> because I said, we need to do an episode on about Sneaky Pete because I want to do an episode on Heist. And you said, screw that. Let's do Ocean's Eleven. So we did Ocean's Eleven instead. Oh, is that why? That's we should why still do one on Sneaky Pete because it's great. Um, <laughs> but um, so you've got this forward. The audience has this forward momentum that they're pushing forward of what next week will look like. And um, what's... What's great about this is you forward mental woman and Eleanor's gonna try and get to the good place, she's trying to keep it secret, blah blah blah. And then they completely shift the show and all that forward momentum now is thrown into a completely different show. But that show only has momentum because the previous episodes. Yeah. It wouldn't have the momentum. The turning point might still be very powerful in a full length work, mm. but you wouldn't have any momentum after it. That would be the climax. Sure. Right? It wouldn't be essentially the first turn the first major turning point in the show. Yeah. Right? So, you know, we talk about acts. Well, um television shows long form will build up into something bigger than acts, which we call movements. Mm. So Which you call movements. Okay. I'm not saying everyone I that's true. Right? Okay. <laughs> that sounded shitty and then it was meant to. Um you call them movements because the it's I came they up with are, it. Because you came up with it. Yeah. Okay, um, yeah. Because they're as yet, like, sort of uh, yeah. un, unanalyzed, unrecognized almost. Well, um, people it, in TV. But also, what, what I mean is this 
um, writers must they, like it's part of the form. Writers must know they're there. They've just there's no name for it. No, I, you know, I, I yeah, um, that's true. And it's, it's if, like you go to, if you go years. to McKee's TV day, he will talk about movements because um, you told he, him to. Yeah, and it's because <laughs> uh, Luke and I broke down Breaking Bad, and then I sort of told uh, Bob about this thing I was thinking about movements and he was like oh yeah of course and so now it's part of the TV lecture if you take the TV lecture you'll hear more a bit a bit more about movements but basically it's a it's a turning point larger than an act okay yeah. but not a full story climax it's more than that so um, and so what's great about it is that to get that turning point that kind of enormous turning point but not a story climax is you need that huge momentum but then you need to have space after it to keep turning you, you know do you know what I mean it's not yeah, just yeah. and now because you see if the if the good place ends when Michael goes oh, I'm the devil click his fingers that's a story climax it's finished yeah most stories like full length stories are one movement then that's why no one's really paid attention because they're synonymous mm. but when you look at long form you notice that there is a distinction between act and story climax that there is something in between those two mm. which, are, which, which I call a movement and so those are wonderful to see and uh, The Good Place has a really great turning point there that could only happen from that so the reason why I think is interesting about it is for me it's like it's another tool to remember if you're sitting down writing long form, like, okay, hold on, they could get away with this. What can I get away with? Like, what, what, what's, what, what's out there that I could use to build something unique out of my story and out of this world that I've created and out of all these episodes? Do you know what I mean? Um, when, when you have something like the, the, the Good Place, to me, I look at that and I'm like, there's just no reason to have... I've always felt, and maybe ever since Babylon 5 and The Wire, right, Season one episodes should not be the same as season two episodes. There should be a difference between the seasons. Yeah. Right? There, uh, some sort of progressive difference between season one and season two, and then season three and so on. And The Good Place just has a really great progression between what works as a season one episode, now what is a season two episode. And yet it's the same show, it's the same storyline, because you're still wondering how are they going to get out of this mess? Right? Right. I mean, even even though the focus becomes on Michael uh, trying to pull off this, this this torture chamber, you're still thinking, well, what's going to happen to those four people? We, like, it, are they going to get out of? Are they going to get out of the bad place, or are they doomed for eternity in there? Like, yeah. where is that going? And th that's that's still the big question of the show. But and Michael's fate as well. So like, there, you still have the same thing, but it's such a huge shift. And yet that shift has a forward momentum. It doesn't stop the show. It keeps mm. the show going. That's what I think is so wonderful about it. So, yeah, I think that's just such a one. That turning point, um, for me, as I say, like all, all the episodes before it, uh, any, any gripes I had, I forgive them because that was worth it. And I really hope that this little bump in the road they've got at the moment, is, they're going to overcome it and do another great thing because I really want them to do really well. I love it. <laughs> Just, they deserve it um, I'm calling it end of season 2 yeah. it turns out that Michael is dead and he's in the bad place yeah I thought that too <laughs> I actually I actually thought it'd be I thought I thought it'd be really funny when she goes this is the bad place if Michael had gone this is my first attempt at a good place I told you you're telling me it's like living in hell and then she goes 
oh no Michael I'm sorry <laughs> that like if he, that's one of his tricks to make them think that they're really in the good place like I just I did it wrong do you want me to change it somehow well, would you, like he could, he, I, I would have loved him to have played that but now they can't go back to that point um, yes but, but I, I love that guy yeah I don't know I just I think he's so cute he's so he's so lovely there's a good there's <laughs> My, there's a great satirical joke that Michael has where there because there's frozen yogurt everywhere <laughs> it's like people love frozen yogurt and then you realise they're in the bad place <laughs> no there's a reason they have frozen yogurt and he says it ne- never fails to uh, uh, astound me how humans are willing to ruin something a little bit just so they can have more of it <laughs> that's true yeah. <laughs> absolutely true yeah there's loads of great little moments in the yeah, show. yeah yeah it's really sweet well so, worth watching yeah as I said at the beginning it's worth watching yeah yeah cool great done okay by the way mm. this is your bad <laughs> I knew you were gonna I knew I'm, one of us I knew one of us was gonna go this is the podcast <laughs> The pod- I can't believe you figured it out. This is the podcast bad place. <sighs> Holy motherfucking shirt balls. <laughs>